Warning, this podcast contains graphic language. What's happening, Metal? Big shout out to all the subscribers out there and all the Metal listening worldwide. You are right here, Kendall Rican Podcast, one of the hottest podcasts for Metal and Metal only. I'm right here in the Northwest, podcasting it up all around the world, baby. What's happening? Happy Friday. Welcome back to Kendall Rican Podcast. Yes, gentlemen. Well, I hope you guys enjoy the weekend. It's here. You know, this week, it just, man, it went so fucking fast for me, man. It went fast like a jet. Well, you know, you gentlemen, do whatever you guys do on the weekend. I'm going to be watching some football. I'm going to be at the game out there doing my own shit out there, making extra cash uh, in a game on Sunday. The Seahawks Stadium out there, CenturyLink. So I'll be out there doing my own thing. So let me tell you a quick story, man. I'm out here last night. I woke up like around 3.30 in the morning. And um, I made a video back last year about love is a mental illness. So I woke up and I was like, oh man, I haven't made a podcast about this shit. So we're about to get into a little bit of philosophy. And you know, those crazy old white men, um, they, they, they thought they knew it all. And they know back then about relationship and shit like that. And they put it in writings, you know, the chauvinistic white men, those evil chauvinistic white men they got out there for God's sake. Well, let's jump in some shit in here. And you know, I read a little bit of Plato and Soccer Flea. And um, if you don't know Plato well, he's a philosopher. Soccer Flea was a poet, artist. He did all kinds of shit out there. So in my interpretation, you know, they were kind of like rock star at that time. To me, that's the way I see it. I, I don't know. I'm not a scholar. You know, I just read things and I just figure it out from those old time to what it is now. You know, so I guess they knew each other. Uh, I read one of the plays, um, especially, particularly with this um Um, quote that I got here so in my interpretation I think they knew each other from younger age until they got older so uh, this is a quote that Plato asked Sucker Flea and I quote um, in particularly may I I mention Sucker Flea the poet who was once asked in my presence how do you feel about love Sucker Flea are you still capable of it to which he replied shush if you please To my great delight, I have escaped from it. And I feel I have escaped from a frantic, savage master. I thought then, and I do now. That's why he spoke wisely. For unquestionably, the old age brought us together profound to response and freedom from this and other passions. So, you know, they're getting old. They're chit-chatting about love. I guess they both have bad experience with love. And, you know, and that was the... The conclusion they came together that love is just he quoted you know I'm going to repeat the quote that he said I have escaped from it and I feel I have escaped from a frantic and and savage master that's what they thought about love it was enslavement you know so with that we're going to go to um, Nietzsche and um and this article right here um, bear with me here and you know how I do I play the article and stuff like that and um, I'm looking for it, and this should be a really good uh, understanding because um, um, love is definitely a mental illness. If you think about it, a lot of people do crazy shit. So let's play this soundbite right here, gentlemen, so you can see what um, he thought about love and marriage and all that good stuff. 
The future is between men and machine. It's not between men and women or women and machine. The future is between men and machine, like we say in Midtown. Neutron Love. B. Hristoperion Mabulots Ketu. Years ago, there is no philosopher as misunderstood as Friedrich Nietzsche. The German thinker was unconventional, and while you might think that his thoughts serve no purpose if you want some peace of mind in your marital life, it is wrong to think that way. He said it is not the lack of love but the lack of friendship that makes unhappy marriages. But Nietzsche, who was educated in the classics at a very young age, actually wrote that friendship is the highest form of love. In fact, sex will only make couples want to go to war against each other. Given that this basic instinct is no more than the conscious effort to dominate the other, but it must be noted that during Nietzsche's time, Sky Nettleton argues, the role of women was primarily domestic, times have changed, so, there must be a warning against branding Nietzsche a misogynist, in truth, he saw marriage as some kind of a power relation. Nietzsche advises that lovers must be ready to prepare themselves the moment the attraction expires. There is no woman out there so beautiful that her face would not be undisturbed after 20 years of marriage. Thus, in order to avoid the disappointment, you have to realize that you must marry a woman not only because she is the most beautiful in your universe, but also because you love having endless conversations with her. The philosopher who declared that God is dead also says that being in love has got nothing to do with marriage. For Nietzsche, marriage is more serious than a walk down the aisle. What you feel inside your heart is not enough. To say that marital life is all about love is hypocrisy. Marriage, according to Nietzsche, is above the accidents of feeling, passions, and the distractions of the moment. Beyond those things, marriage exists because it serves the good of society. Advertising In Read Invented by Ted's, for Nietzsche, parenthood is not about making life fun for your children. You have to raise them as bright individuals, willing and strong enough to face the world. In this regard, he wants parents to have children who will become achievers. Any father who cannot make decisions can only mean tragedy. Every husband and wife should bear in mind that matters such as life and family are a serious concern. Some couples pretend that they are in love, but of course, pretensions led nowhere. I have argued on so many occasions that there can only be one captain on a ship. People change, feelings change, the person you marry may no longer be the same. In this regard, as partners sail through that thing called life, the important point is that both should be happy to be sailing together. A ship can only have one direction, not two. If a woman loves you, then you can be burdened by the fact that you have to do everything in order to maintain that love. If a woman does not love you, then you will have to carry that pain for the rest of your life. Hence, whether you are loved or not, you have burdens. Hence, the right thing to do is to go on living. You just have to be with her, quarrel with her and all, for we are, after all, human, all too human. What does it mean to love? Nietzsche exclaims, let a man suffer, let him get sick, the sickness will make him a stronger person, it will allow him to reflect about life, it will make him value the presence of his wife, men have gone to war, so, 
It is in our genes that we fight. A man who is afraid of his wife has no right to exist in this world. Nietzsche writes, what does not kill you only makes you stronger. In the power struggle it is love. Men often think that they will win. This is what thus spoke Zarathustra reveals. Love is war. Nettleton says, because a man would want to make his wife conform or agree and shed her otherness and become the person he wants her to be. But Nietzsche is not advocating that men subjugate women. Rather, a man must overcome himself in order to make a woman happy. Christopher Ryan Mabalock, PhD, teaches philosophy. Well, can you imagine? Can you imagine if Nietzsche was alive with these fucking skanks running around and this gynocentric government? He would tell a different story. Remember, he was alive in the 1800s and he died in 1900. So can you imagine if Nietzsche stayed alive? He would probably say the opposite. He probably do the same thing like we're doing. Avoid marriage by any means necessary. But then it was a, it was understanding and he was ahead on his time, you know? He was understanding that the way that I read it, it's like you're gonna be a slave. It doesn't matter how pretty the woman is. If you're gonna be a slave to her, it's gonna take your way your potential to be a better man. Now, can Nietzsche, can you imagine if you're here with all these single moms running around, all these divorces, all these gynocentric courts, all these uh, uh, feminists? He would say, hell no, man. No fucking way. Do not get that deal. Don't get that deal. Don't you get fucking married. Man, I, I realize, yeah, he's, he's 100% right when it comes down to um, to that um, article there, gentlemen. But we still want to continue this because the whole segment is about love is a mental illness you have to be really fucking sick to get involved in love and be in love and get married and do all that nonsense so i want to put a nice little bow here in this segment and i want to play you the sound by by paul joseph watson love is a mental illness remember gentlemen remember gentlemen love is a mental illness you got to be sick it make you sick metal it make you ill when you're in love. You do crazy shit when you're in love. Metal. Avoid it at all costs. Everyone wants it. I guess you could say I just want to have a meaningful relationship with someone special. But what happens when you get it? You go completely insane because love is a mental illness. Now, to be clear, I'm not talking about familial or platonic love. I'm talking about obsessional, romantic love. Nietzsche was right. Love is merely the lust for possession. It's a fundamentally instinctive biological force, which is why it's kind of bizarre how society exalts it as an idealistic moral good. You can argue that love is a biological necessity, but a moral good I don't think so. And maybe Nietzsche should have realized that before he caught syphilis from a prostitute and went mad. Not good. Anyway, people think egoism and greed are the opposite of love. Au contraire. Love is about possession and assimilation. What could be more egotistic and greedy than trying to possess another human? Romantic love is essentially a base instinct rooted in the reptilian brain which is only given a sheen of morality or splendor by modern culture, which hijacked it, commercialized it, and warped it out of all proportion. What you call love was invented by guys like me to sell nylons. 
for most of history, romantic love was considered a disease that you had to catch and get over, like chicken pox. Romeo and Juliet wasn't a celebration of love, it was a warning. Same story with Antony and Cleopatra. Dude goes mentally ill from falling in love, then kills himself. Then she kills herself. Not good. Tristan and Isolt both end up dead. Not good. Apollo and Daphne. Their failed romance ended up with her being turned into a tree. Not good. Helen of Troy's tryst with Prince Paris of Troy. That ended up in a massive war. Believe me, not good. Socrates. No, oh, not that one. The Greek philosopher Socrates said that the male libido is like being chained to a madman. Some people claim that it was the poet Sophocles that said that, but then if it was, that previous quip wouldn't have worked. Anyway, the poet Sophocles said of love, to my great delight, I have escaped from it and feel as if I had escaped from a frantic and savage master. What could be more of a burden than being shackled to an irrational beast? What could be more catastrophic to individual identity than the merging of two people. You complete me. What could be more enslaving than the complete surrender and devotion to another person at the expense of one's own sanity and free will? Not good. Nietzsche said men who are inclined to complete devotion are not men. Soy boy. In the case of women, they have to play act the role of being distant or in other words, simulate a lack of love. Because as soon as a woman becomes too accessible to a man, he loses interest. When you're a star, they'll let you do it. You can do anything. Whatever you want. Grab by the pussy. It's all one huge, tragic comedy. The point is this. Romantic love is corrosive, self-sabotaging, inherently delusional for both sexes. And most of the time, it ends in abject misery. Believe me, not good. Love is a mental illness. It's at times an episodic, transitory, obsessive, compulsive, and emotionally lethal disorder. I believe so strongly in the destructive power of love that it should be the subject of instruction in schools along with sex and driver's ed. Love infects, contaminates, and destroys your will to resist. It destabilizes and knocks you for a loop. It's a singular, single-serve, client-centered, and individually targeted and focused cult. Stanton, Peel, and Archie Brodsky described romantic love as, quote, a sterile, ingrown dependency. I'm just saying, sometimes it's not all it's cracked up to be. So all you incels need to calm your tits. Romantic love detracts from the only true source of sustained happiness creativity and self-mastery. The perfect fusion of the Apollonian and the Dionysian. Being in love is like being a substance abuser in need of higher and higher doses. Neural scans show that the early stages of romantic love look like a brain experiencing drug addiction. The same brain region where we found activity becomes active also when you feel the rush of cocaine. This creates not so much an emotion, but the need to fulfill a craving. The brains of people in love who've been rejected look like junkies going through withdrawal. The areas that light up in their brains are the same ones associated with physical pain. Some sufferers even take the opioid blocker naltrexone to relieve their symptoms. Love also switches off parts of the brain involved in decision-making, causing people to make stupid decisions which harm their own self-interests. Romeo, Juliet, Antony, Cleopatra, all idiots who made stupid decisions because they were mentally ill. Not good. Self-sabotage is a byproduct of romantic love. How many times have we seen Romeo and Juliet writ large in society? with people being driven either to kill themselves or others because of this aberrant pathology. Leave them alone, Miss Elsa. 
You bad luck to Despite being seen as a positive emotion, romantic love also causes a drop in levels of serotonin to the point where loved up people are indistinguishable from those suffering from obsessive compulsive disorder which is a mental illness. Low serotonin levels cause anxiety, irrationality, and extreme jealousy. Now, it's important to stress that long-term stable love is completely distinct from new romantic love because it lights up different areas of the brain. I think that we're becoming love junkies because our brains are being rewired by the internet. And this is why cheating and divorce continues to increase. Since we collectively killed God, humanity has been searching to fill the meaning-shaped hole in its psyche. We try to achieve this partly by engaging in emotional incontinence, by overly emoting and placing too much emphasis on new relationships. Everyone is chasing that initial dopamine rush of new love, and as soon as it fades, we desperately strive to replace it with a fresh source. Remember the seven-year itch? Well, now the average relationship lasts just two years and nine months, and it's shrinking every year. Why? social media and dating apps. Over a third of people in a 2014 poll said at least part of the reason why their relationship ended was because their partner had met someone else or was flirting with someone else on social media. Over half blamed social media generally for the breakup. The increasing ease with which we can source that new burst of dopamine to meet our junky addiction for fresh love is decreasing the average length of existing relationships and preventing them from moving on to the later stages of commitment, marriage and children. When your brain is rewired to be in a state of permanent adolescence, the kid in the candy store constantly looking to try the new treat, that kills your ability to form long-term meaningful relationships. So in summary, romantic love is a mental illness. It has the same effect as drug addiction. It's the kind of pathology that can lead to self-destruction. And while taking that risk is a biological necessity to foster the urge to procreate, people are refusing to move on to the next stage of stable long-term commitment because social media and dating apps have rewired our brains by creating on-demand supplies of the initial drug, something that we never had before in the evolution of humanity. That's partly why the length of relationships is shrinking. That's partly why fewer people in technocentric societies are getting married or having kids. That's why relationships are in such a mess. That's why we're all screwed because our brains are being scrambled, infantilized, and set on a constant loop of being stuck in a cycle of mental illness. Not good. And may I add, that's why a lot of men are going metal. Yes, because we know that love is a mental illness, for God's sake. You got to be crazy to fall in love, especially in today's society with all these social media and all that bullshit and gynocentric court. We all know this shit. You got to be nuts. Let's give it up for Paul Joseph Watson out there. I'll give him a horn. That was a nice one. It's been sitting there for a year. I decided to share in the podcast. I don't know how many people have listened to it, but um, definitely, he's right. All these men that I put out here in this um, set, man, they're all right. They're all right. And we all right. And you all right. And we're doing the right thing not to fall in love with these skanks, these subhumans from the pits of hell, making all kinds of havoc and got the government behind their back. You got to be a really fool to fall in love. Only fools fall in love. That's what the song said, right?
And uh, what Tina Turner said, what love got to do with it? Not a motherfucking thing. So do not fall in love. You got to be crazy and sick. It's a sick. It's an illness they got out here. Metal. Well, gentlemen, this is my segment for today. I'll be right back. Excuse me, the button got stuck there. Welcome back to Kendall Rican Podcast, gentlemen. Well, I'm out here, and um, I don't know if you guys remember about the podcast that I did a couple of days ago. It's Friday. I, I did not want to get upset, but I'm gonna get. I'm gonna warn you, man, out there. I think I'm gonna get upset. I just pulled out this article because obviously, obviously, GQ did not get the hint what happened to Gillette. You guys remember I did a podcast a couple of days ago about this skank, this feminist skank called Liz Plank. Remember, gentlemen out there, you remember? Was it not too long ago that I did a podcast regarding her putting a book out there for the men of love? Yeah, for the love of men, for the love of men. This feminist skank bitch from the fucking pits of hell start writing books. Well, guess what? GQ, this new, remember I did the GQ with Pharrell, uh, the last podcast, I believe on Wednesday? If you haven't heard it, go check it out. I did a thing. The GQ is the new masculinity shit. Well, if they're not over, you know, this thing just popped up on my shit. And I'm like, what? They got this list plank out here talking shit and promoting that piece of fucking garbage of a book. Well, no, 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 no. It, it gets better. It gets better. It gets more, more insane, more insane and crazy. And it really, truly, truly, truly get me pissed off. And it makes me really sick. <laughs> Well, we're going to sit this motherfucker, this GQ little bitches. We're going to put them in their places. At least I am. So, I'm not going to play the audio of this skank. I already talked about this biatch. Well, I'm scrolling down the article in this GQ pile of shit. What a fucking garbage. I digress. <clears throat> um, They're doing some kind of social justice warriors, some kind of culture cultivation they're doing out there with new masculinity well you will not believe who's in this new masculinity list gentlemen it just it's so outrageous it's so outrageous it's so nuts i'm gonna go through it a little bit because it's friday i don't want to get upset here but it's obviously what the fuck they doing so this is the article let me put this motherfucker here uh According to the 18, according to the 18 influenced people who are shaping our culture now. And the title is Voice of the New Masculinity. Okay, this is the voice, the new voice of the masculinity. And the 18 influential people. You cannot believe who these people are. You cannot believe it. I'm reading this and I can't believe it. GQ. Hashtag, let's start a hashtag right here, right now. Damn it. Let's start a hashtag. Boycott GQ. Yeah. Boycott GQ. Hashtag boycott GQ. Hashtag boycott 
GQ. Insanity is just crazy. Let's go. Let's start this shit in Twitter. All you men out there on Twitter, let's start this shit. Hashtag boycott GQ. Yeah. It's just insanity. It's insane. So I'm going to start with this um this on the one of the influencers out here. Because they put an influencer and they start talking shit about um, um, what they have accomplished or not accomplished and shit like that. So we're going to start with the first one. Which is um the first one. I never heard of this motherfucker. It's called Jabuki Young White. The comedian pushes wokeness forward with joke. So we got a wokeness motherfucker here. Never heard of him. But let's... Let's, let's continue. That's one of the influencers out there. For the new masculinity. This is the new masculinity we got here. Okay. Let's go down. Just bear with me. Thomas Page. Mac B. Recognizes the power of his own privilege. So then we got this um, white man. He's trained to be white. So he goes out there. And, 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 and I'm not going to read none of this bullshit. I'm just going to put the titles out there. You can look, look it up for yourself. The insanity. The, the GQ. Hashtag... We're going to start this shit, gentlemen. We have, we have to start this shit. Boycott GQ. Hashtag boycott GQ. It's done. We're done. We're done playing games with these motherfuckers. It's, just, it's a little too much. And this is this is masculinity influence. They're having bitches in this shit. Asian Cake Delon. The actor who born on gender nonconformity to America living in the rooms. In the living rooms. Excuse me. Asian Kate, she's a masculine influence out there, influencer, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> the list is unbelievable. Um, Liz Plank, Marie Cotto approaches the gender, and this is the skank that did the book. So she's a uh, masculine. Um, the list on the masculine, uh, new masculine is happening out here with GQ. Let's scroll down. Al Freeman, the subculture sculpture artist playing with a trooper of toxic toxicity. Excuse me, man. It's been a long day. And this guy, he just talked about um, male toxicity and shit like that. One of these fucking cucks. No, this is a fucking skank. This is a fucking bitch. Another bitch out there. Let's scroll down here. Oh, Lord Jesus Christ. Look look who they put out here. Look who they put in his fucking list. Tarana Bork. How to break through men. Remember this bitch? That she started a hashtag me too. And now she's starting a um, hashtag me too vote. I did a podcast about this skank. She's in this fucking list. GQ. Uh, you're going to need to hashtag boycott GQ. I'm, we're done with this shit. Let's start. Let's start this shit on on on, on, on Twitter. Those who got Twitter, I'm gonna start it up. Collier Shore, a photographer who's subject to uh, gender itself. More gender gender insanity. They're supposed to be masculine masculinity. I thought they're gonna have masculine motherfuckers out here. Oh, they got a bunch of fucking crazy nuts, social justice warriors and shit. GQ, you belongs in the pets of hell. I'm gonna send you right there. Let's see another. Another masculine influencer here. Katrina Kersaisi. Science of masculinity. I do not know what they what she does. She wrote a book about testosterone. That's that's bullshit. I call it what it is. 
another fucking insane person. Kevin Long, Kevin Love, the NBA making cases for new kinds of toughness. And I have stopped following the NBA because the NBA have become so much. Um, these men, they don't learn shit from the NBA. Those NBA players, they get fucking. They get all, all the time. They get um, um, raped by the fucking court system. They don't learn. They get married and, and, and have kids. And and that. I digress. We don't know what the fuck NBA has been doing here for for a long time. Um, <clears throat> Blyer, brave men, occupy traditional male space. This is a, this is a woman. And this is what she known for, occupying traditional male space. And this is masculinity influence. This is the new masculinity that GQ has out there, out here. This is just insane. This is just insanity. And I'm scrolling down more cocks. This is more cocks and more fucking uh, lesbians and, 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 and queers and shit. Uh, John Waters. Oh, Jesus Christ. John Waters in his fucking list. The filmmaker who has been rethinking masculinity since he was before cool. No, my God. This is just insane. Just insane. I am Ismail. His modern Muslim marriage. And I don't know who this motherfucker is. I never heard of him. But I guess he just do some shit out there with... Um, Muslim marriages, so I guess he does on. It says right here the uh, intersection with masculinity, race, and relationship. A host of a podcast, Men Up Slate. Huh? I need to look this fucking cocksucker who the fuck he is. I need to look out his podcast. He's probably just a big pile of shit he got out there. Nobody listens to his shit. Let's scroll down. What we got here? Oh, no, 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 no. Killer Mike. Shanna Rinder, Killer Mike, you in his fucking list? Hip hop love bird with activist stake. I used to like Killer Mike. Okay, that's it. Fuck him. Fuck Killer Mike. He's done. If you're in the list, you're done in my book. Uh, Kendall Thomas. Um, what is to take uh, good and bad? He's a doctor for Harvard. I don't know him. Uh, he works with relationships. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. Okay, we got fucking lesbian here. Um, Hannah Gabby's, the comedian who's, who talk about toxic masculinity. And uh, she was out there part of the Me Too movement. This is just a fucking insane, man. What cut the, What is this shit? EJ Johnson, the joy of the male beauty movement. Oh, look at this shit. You know who this motherfucker is, right? That's uh, Magic Johnson's son. The gay guy. This is the new masculinity, for God's sake. This is just the mu- mu- new masculinity. I'm, 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 man, I'm shocked. I'm fucking shocked. I'm fucking shocked. What is this shit? What kind of shit show is this, gentlemen? I'm sorry sounds like fucking crazy. I just literally just picked this shit up and I, I just ran with the mic because I have to go. I got to... All that shit to do. So I decided I was going to put a quit segment here. For this shit out. Man, if you want to check out some crazy insanity. The Voices of the New Masculinity by GQ. This shit just fucking crazy bullshit. Let's start this hashtag as soon as possible. As soon as I put this on the air. Let's get this hashtag going man. For real. Boycott GQ. Hashtag boycott GQ out there. On Twitter. Let's do this shit. For real. Let's get this thing trending. This is just crazy. Just crazy. 
So for GQ magazine, we're gonna give you um, a big three boos. And just, you know, since you make me so fucking upset today with this article, I'm gonna send you to the death squad right away. And just in case you survive, just in case you survive, GQ, for this bullshit that you put out here, I'm gonna give you to take away your pain and misery. If, in case you survive the death squad out there, I'm gonna give you three shotguns straight to the dome so your brain can splatter everywhere and we can never find you again. Sweet Jesus. This is unbelievable. Go check out this, this article, man. Go check it out about GQ out there. It's just insanity. It's just crazy, man. Well, gentlemen, this is my podcast for today. Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Do whatever the hell you guys do out there. Have fun. And all that good stuff, man. I'll catch you on Monday podcast. Um, Check me out on, on Twitter. Check me out on uh, Instagram. YouTube. I might put a video out there on YouTube this weekend. Um, if you want to join the Telegram chat group, it's free. It's called Metal Turtle Squad. Real masculinity going on there. Not this fucking shit they got here. Real masculine shit. And um, if you want to support the podcast, well, sign up there and give 99 cents tier if you want to. Well, gentlemen, I say peace. Stay metal. I definitely catch you in the next podcast or video.